Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for tuning back in for the ongoing series that we are doing. Judgment is coming. We talked about in the first two parts, are we set up to endure or to escape? Because we said, I believe with clarity, you are ready for what you're expecting. And so if we have inherited a doctrine that we are putting all of our hope in that says we will not be here for anything that is what we would call judgment, um, but yet, in fact, we are, we are not set up well. We will not be prepared to endure. I am convinced that will be a very large component of the great falling away, um, of, of ones being led astray. I believe that will be one of the primary things, is that there will be a bunch of people who assume they would be raptured away, and they will yet remain, and there's going to be a whole lot of angry, confused people. And so we need to remember that um, for those of us who don't believe we're getting sucked up out of here, but that the righteous inherit the land. Um, we need to remember that and be prepared. And there's a lot of things to prepare for, which is why we're always saying we need to prioritize our lives and, and be ready um, for the judgment that is coming. Um, without going back over the first two parts, um, you're going to have to go back and get caught up if you've had a span of time in between um, these parts of the series. Um, so we've tackled in, in small measure enduring or escaping and kind of what we're expecting. Now next, like this is, this is I think, the heaviest part of um, this series in, in my heart, in my position. Um, and basically this, we had to do the first part because we had to establish... Are we expecting to be here for any level of Father's judgment to come to this earth or not? Because if we're not, there's no sense in talking about where we're about to go. If we are convinced thoroughly we will be no part of a judgment event on the earth, then what I'm going to present from here on is entirely irrelevant. So you need to make that decision if you haven't already. Are you willing to say, you know what, I better listen to what is being presented at the very least, just in case I'm still here, just in case um, my, my rapture-fueled doctrine is incorrect and I am still here. Maybe I should at least consider being prepared. I would say that would be wise if you're not convinced already from the Word and the little bit that we've shared in only an hour's time. And so if we're going to go from this point from now on, I believe we will be here. I believe judgment is coming. We just have read in countless episodes as of late, and again in this series as well. Judgment will begin in Yahweh's house. It will begin with his people. It will go out from his sanctuary. And so, friends, guess what? We're obviously going to be here, because why would judgment begin with Yahweh's people in his sanctuary if we've been zapped up out of here at the rapture? Judgment is coming to his people first. And so we're going to ask the question that we're going to use um, Genesis chapter 8 as our primary text for this part of the series. And again, this is going to be the, the heart and soul of what I would like to present. Here's the question. What if Yahweh is silent in the midst of the judgment, even to those who are being delivered? That is, this, is a, this question has got to be presented for anyone who's willing to take 30 minutes and listen to what I'm going to say. What if Yahweh is silent in the midst of ongoing judgment, even to the ones that are his righteous ones set to be delivered? This is good. 
this is this is good this is good in the sense of man this is this is some substance but this this one should cause any humble man to go to his face we've been doing that here we shared this with um, our group across the road the other night uh, I, I we've been sharing it with I talked with a brother about this a couple days ago this is very sobering for the humble man to uh, consider this and so for the sake of time we, we can't read the whole flood event. Um, in light of all this stuff that we have to cover. Um, so we have to go through the timeline quickly, and we're going to start in Genesis chapter 8, verse 1. And a very key um, part of this account happens in verse 1 of chapter 8. But Yahweh remembered Noah and all the beasts and the cattle that were with him in the ark, and he caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. The very first sentence is, uh, is of utmost importance. Yahweh remembered Noah, okay? All of this judgment is going on. It's going on now. R- right here, 8-1, eight, one, eight, one, it, is, it is going on, okay? Verse 23, Yahweh blots out every living thing that was upon the face of the land, okay? Man, beast, animal, creeping things, birds of the sky, all blotted out. What? Removed. When you blot something out, you remove it, okay? So again, the righteous Noah and his family and the animals are riding out the ark of safety, deliverance, salvation, rescue. In the judgment, they are remaining. Verse 8, after the every living thing is removed, blotted out, Yahweh remembers Noah, okay? Pay attention as this, we put this timeline together the best way I know how in a, a concise manner. Now, here's something that, that I challenged um, my friends the other night to, and I want to do the same here. We have to remember that Noah did not know what we know today. We read this event, and we already know the end. We kind of cheat a little bit, because we already, well, I already know how this ends. I already know that Noah and his family and all the animals exit the ark and make it, and everything's awesome, and they multiply on the face of the earth, and all these things happen. The rainbow comes in chapter 9. I know how it ends. Well, let's remember, in chapter 8, verse 1, Noah doesn't know this. Noah's in the middle of the greatest judgment that the earth has ever, ever seen. Okay? So we've got to remember, as this judgment is coming upon the earth, Noah was somewhat ignorant. Preserved? Yes. Safe? Yes. But he was in the midst of the judgment. Okay? Literally writing out the judgment. His life, the life of his family, and all of the animals dependent upon his obedience to what Yahweh had commanded, friend. All of those individuals, man and animal, were in that ark of safety because of what Noah did. Because of his righteous deeds. Because of the works that he did that demonstrated his faith. That is why... Mankind was preserved. Yes, it was Yahweh's hand. Yes, it was his mercy. Yet all these, yes. But if Noah had not done what was asked of him, none of this would have mattered. Nothing, it never, it would not have gone this way. No one would have been left. No one would have been spared. Okay? And that's okay to say that. Noah's obedience was imperative. So the waters of the deep come up, the waters from above come down. If we do basic math using only the Bible, seven months pass from when we're reading this here where the waters begin to subside 
and the ark rests um, in verse 4. The ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat in Genesis 8, verse 4. Okay? So seven months pass from this place here through verse 14. We don't have time to read all this. He sends out the dove. He sends out the raven. There's a lot of imagery there, but it's somewhat irrelevant to exactly what we're talking about with this judgment, so we got to skip it. Seven months pass from the ark resting in verse 4 through verse 14 um, when the earth was declared dry in the second month on the 27th day of the month. Okay? Now, why does this matter? Seven months, one week, and three days on the ark, sitting stationary, Noah, with all the animals and his family, after the water subsided. Okay, after the water subsided, they're sitting there motionless on the mountains of Ararat for over seven months, friend. Okay, I think it does us well to give ourselves to our imaginations to realize this is these are real people, real animals, a real watercraft, <laughs> real flood waters. To continue this thought a little bit further, I like this kind of stuff. If you don't, that's okay. Most math reveals that it was one year and ten days from start to finish, okay? From the fountains of the deep opening up and the floodgates of the sky opening to all exiting exiting the ark. One year and ten days. Is that exactly right? I'm not saying that I can be quoted on that to the utmost. I am flawed. I'm doing my best. It would seem that's very plausible. So after all of this time passes, okay, in, in chapter 8, verse 15, what do we see? Hopefully you have your Bibles out. If not, I'll read it for you, or my wife will already have it on here. Then Yahweh spoke to Noah. I want to make a huge point right here. As we're talking about judgments coming, and in this part of the series exactly, we're talking about waiting out the floodwaters, okay? There are principles buried within this that are endless, and we're going to pull out some more. So again, eight, chapter 8, verse 15, and Yahweh spoke to Noah. Okay? Verse 8, chapter 8, verse 1, Yahweh remembers Noah. Chapter 8, verse 15, then Yahweh spoke to Noah. Okay? Here's what my point is for this. In 8.15, Yahweh speaks to Noah for the first time since chapter 7, a year previous. We're going to drive this point home, friend. We better get this if we're going to be set for any kind of a judgment to come. We have no record of Yahweh speaking during the entire flood event to Noah. None. In the, in the account itself, we have no record of Yahweh communicating with the one righteous man that he chose to write out his judgment. None. We have chapter 7, verse 4 say, Yahweh is saying to Noah, I'm going to blot out every living thing on the earth. He doesn't speak again until 8.16, where he says, go out of the ark. Okay? And we've got to keep in mind that in, in, in chapter 8, verse 1, Yahweh remembered Noah. We just read that text. This is Zachar. He called to mind. I'm not saying Yahweh's forgetful. I'm not. Okay? But in the midst of this flood event... Yahweh remembers his promise to Noah. He remembers. He called to mind. I covenanted with the righteous man, Noah. 
I gave him a promise. He called Noah to mind. Now, this is wonderful. This is awesome. Chapter 8, verse 1. Yahweh remembered Noah and all the beasts and everything on the ark. Yes, amen. But we have no account that he informed Noah of this. (laughs) So I'm just saying, let's put our mind into what we're talking about. Judgment's coming. Most people in the days of Noah, because again, the Son of Man said, when I come back, it's going to be as in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, people did not perceive, understand the age they were living in and thereby perished because they didn't understand until the floodwaters were already there. Friend, I don't want that to be us, where because we lack understanding, it's too late and we miss Yahweh's rescue and deliverance through the deeds of righteous men. In this specifically, there is silence during the judgment between Yahweh and the man he covenanted with. There's silence, friend, in a year's time, an entire year of judgment. Noah is on the waves that covered the mountains of the earth, friend. People are floating around everywhere, dead, animals, humans, children dead in the floodwaters, blotted out like Yahweh said they would be. And Noah is floating along with the responsibility of his family and all of these animals on an ark that he built. And Yahweh is not speaking to him. We need to elevate the works of a righteous man, friend. We do not need to belittle them and then somehow mishandle Hebrews and say, we're, we have the greater, we're greater in Messiah, the great high priest. They didn't have what we have now. We better hold that very tenderly in humility, friend, because Noah was a man of honor and righteousness. Could you do what Noah did? I could not. Endure the greatest judgment the earth has ever seen for a year without hearing the voice of his Elohim. Even though in verse 1, Yahweh remembered Noah, we see no record of Yahweh informing Noah of that reality. So what was he doing? He's waiting. Okay? My wife pointed this out during the study the other night, that throughout chapter 8, and Noah waited, and Noah waited. So he waited. He waited seven days. He sent out a dove. He waited seven more days. He waited again. Well, I thought, well, we better look into this word wait because I don't think it's sitting around doing this. How the waters look today, Jim? I don't know, Dad. Well, let's just keep waiting. How's your mother? How are the giraffes down below? No way. No way. Waited is cool. I can't pronounce it right. Doesn't matter. In the Hebrew, it is pained, travailed, and predominantly writhe about. Okay? Is that how you wait? We don't understand waiting. Now, this word, I will be fair, Hebrew, this Hebrew word to wait is very broad. It's very broad. Okay? And we have to apply it correctly. We don't want to just make a point and make this fit this and this fit this for our point. I'm not doing that. But Noah's, is this, let me ask this way. As we search out a proper use and application of this Hebrew word, I think it's cool. Wait. How do you think Noah waited 
for over a year on an ark on floodwaters that covered the entire earth's mountains, being tossed to and fro knowing that that flood is causing judgment to wipe out every living creature on the entire earth. How would you define he was probably waiting? He was probably pained. He probably travailed in his innermost place. He was probably writhing about because Yahweh's judgment was being poured out on the entire earth. This is how a righteous man waits. So what is my point? What if the biblical pattern of righteous men enduring Father's righteous judgment is for us as well like it was for Noah? Yes, he, Noah, was saved, but it was through the judgment of Yahweh. Whether or not he made it, Noah was absolutely dependent on what he did and did not do. Literally. <laughs> For consideration. What if Noah had, number one, not been found righteous? Now we're stepping back out and we're looking back to when he was chosen by Yahweh to be this one man. What if he had not been found righteous? Does that matter? The, our condition doesn't matter. Now, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the finished work. doesn't matter now. My righteousness is in him. I don't. It's nothing of my own. Filthy rags, filthy rags. We're back where we started. That doesn't work anymore. If we use that, the scriptures rightly, you can't fall back on that or else Noah's righteous deeds, they were filthy rags too. Didn't mean anything. Irrelevant. No way. We cannot say that. So what if he had not been found righteous? Number two, what if Noah had not been obedient to Yahweh's commands? What if he hadn't, after been deemed righteous, and marked by Yahweh to carry out this plan, what if he had not obeyed? Number three, what if Noah had literally, had not literally prepared for what was coming, like done something in the natural? He, what? He gave his life to this. He committed works to this. I don't remember the exact words we used. He was occupied with carrying out the commands of the Father. <laughs> That's what obedience is. And number four, to bring us right to where we just were in the text um, of, of chapter 8, verse 15, when Yahweh speaks again. What if Noah had not waited in faith until Father spoke to him again after the judgment had passed? What if he gave up? What if he said, I can't do this. This is too hard. Everybody overboard. I quit. You're on your own. Do these things matter? As we, as we look at our own lives, does preparation matter? Does righteousness matter? Do literal works and deeds matter? It would seem, according to the Bible, yes and amen, they absolutely do every single time. Friends, judgment is here, and it's going to greatly increase. I believe we will be in the same place that Noah was in then. He that endures to what? The end will be saved. Will we be like Noah when the rains come? Our version of judgment that again starts with the house of Elohim and goes out from his sanctuary? Will we act in such obedience as Noah did? Will we wait and not lose hope as we ride out waves of judgment that must and will come to this earth? How will we wait? 
How will we wait? Which again, could very well mean being pained, travailed, and writhing about. Are you prepared for that? I'm not. I'm not. I am not ready for that. I'm too soft. I'm too easygoing. I'm too lackadaisical. I'm too lazy. And it's very possible, friend, you are as well. A time of building and preparation is here. I'm in no way saying, please listen to what I'm presenting here. I'm in no, saying, no way saying that we stop sharing the full gospel and declaring a call to enter into covenantal, covenantal salvation, okay? I'm not saying that in any way. I'm not saying forget the world, forget everybody else, build an ark of, of refuge and safety. Forget them. Noah didn't do that. I don't believe he did that. But here's a question that's a tough one, man. I've never heard anybody ask this ever in my life. I'm 50 years old now, and all my years of church, all my years of sermons, all my years of videos, I've never once heard anybody say this right here. How many converts were there in Noah's possibly 100 years of warning men while he was building the ark? This is a tough reality, friend, and I'm telling you, as sure as I'm sitting here in absolute humility in the dirt, the best way I know how to get down in it, there's no pride in this. There's no arrogance in this. There's no elitism in this. But friend, there's going to come a time when Yahweh closes the door on the ark and his judgment comes. There will be that time. And it will take for the majority what it took the first time, which is until the floodwaters came, they did not understand. Understanding came after the judgment began. I don't want that to be us. So a question just for us to consider, how many converts were there in Noah's day for the possibly 100 plus years of warning men while he's building the ark of safety at best now, at best, his own family. And when they got off the boat, even that, when they get off, you're like, I don't know if they were really in. I think they were only in because they were under the covering of the righteous father. There's going to come a time when righteous men build and they crawl into an ark of safety and they do something. They work and they wait. And how do they wait? They travail. They're pained and they writhe about because the judgment of Yahweh is coming. After the rains ended and the earth began to dry, someone had to determine when it was even safe to emerge. A lot of responsibility was on the righteous man, Noah. So here's the question. We'll bring this part to a close. We'll probably only have one more after this. So what if you have to wait and travail? Start with where we were at the beginning. What if you're here for Father's judgment upon the earth? What if you're here? Study the millennial kingdom and what leads up to it. Study that. What happens? What's going on? Who's here? Who's gone? What's happening on the other side? Because it seems like there are those who know the Father who are here, and there's all these different things that are kind of hard to explain if all the good people are zapped up into heaven. Look into that, friend, and then ask this question. What if you're here? Are you prepared at all for that where we started? Are you prepared to endure or just to merely escape? 
And if you do endure and you are here and you resign to that fact that you have to welcome that and then thereby do something about it, what if you have to wait and travail as our deliverer is silent? That's a tough one. Me and my wife wrestled over that one at breakfast today. I don't know how we'll do. I don't know how I'll do if I'm here and I'm enduring through much travailing and waiting and I'm not even hearing the voice of my father speaking to me to remind me of what what I'll have to remember on my own his promise his promise his promise his promise is sure his covenant is sure his ways are perfect and he promised so how will you do friend if judgment is coming are you ready? And that's where we're going to conclude this up next with we're going to the last part which is what? Prepare now. Prepare now. We're going to read Matthew 25, Luke chapter 12, Luke 21, and we're going to talk about prepare now. We've got to get ready. We've got to as we talk about what judgment is coming, friend. You're watching the Path Design podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Check us out at pathdesign.com and uh Communicate as you would like because I want to help people to prepare and I want people to help me prepare as well. Thank you for watching. Amen.